Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Coffee Cup Podcast, episode 99.2. The boys are back together. I was trying to think before how long it's been, and I didn't quite come to an answer in my head. Do you guys know? St. Moritz. one in St. Moritz. Yeah. St. Moritz. That feels like a lifetime ago. I was so much time ago. I had so many dreams. <laughs> I had so many dreams a lifetime ago. <laughs> Oh, we were so happy back then. Actually, that was the episode after you just did get injured, so I guess it wasn't actually a happy episode. Um, so hopefully Optimistic. you're more happy now <laughs> than you were back then, but I don't know. I guess that's what we'll find out today. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's only right to get started with a check-in with everyone. I'm going to be doing my bit of like kind of world's recap, so I guess that'll kind of be like I'll have like kind of that extended check-in and then Ollie's going to have a bunch of cool injury updates. And then George will just have – George is like, I don't know, just back in Boulder flying high, getting ready for, for a couple of big races. So I think his will be the most just living the good life type vibes. But uh, Ollie, do you want to start us off with how you're going with everything? Down under? Down under. Um, down under with the injury haul. Man, oh, man. So – um, past few weeks been pretty good. Um, slowly starting to feel much more strength in my pelvis area. You'd like to know, boys. It's good. What does that mean exactly? Can you break that down? It means I means I've been doing my exercises correctly. That's what it means. Goddamn right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of called Dathan yesterday just to give an update. I've been swimming about three to four times um a week, and the swimming's been great. But my my shoulders are fucked. <laughs> my whole arm, my arms are fucked. Like I walk out of the pool, and my arms are just like side to side, like walking like this, not moving. Um, because they're just not used to actually doing anything other than moving up and down when you run. So they've been. Oh, I thought you were uh, going to say something else. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> you're going to say moving up and down. Just when I'm nah, sorry, move on. Yeah, vigorously, vigorously moving up and down. Well, they can, they, they still do that in some form, but um, because you know, there's not much to do here. Um, nah, there is. It's been, it's been an interesting, um, interesting time because my brother shot a nail gun through his hand. Um, I don't know if any of their coffee club followers follow Uncle Crispy, but Chris, I thought, well, always at home, I might sure shoot a nail gun through my hand. So I can spend the time with Ollie while I do I'm on work compo and just just hang out. So so he shot a nail through his thumb. It was accidental. It went through the wood and through his uh, thumb. It was excruciating. He said it was like somebody just grabbed your finger and broke it off. Um, but he uh, he had surgery and then uh, he's in rehab right now. So me and Chris have been hanging out. So mostly my my uh, my weeks of getting back into running have been a lot of um, a lot of swimming. Um, in the pool, and then Chris and I will go grab a coffee, um, just around the area, around the Shire, talk about the problems in the world, pretty much like this show. Um, but it's the crispy Ollie version, and then uh, we go down and find a little swimming hole. So we go down to the beach or some of the coastline and go and do a swim, wade in the wade in the water. Just kind of that cold, salty water from Australia is a real healing factor when it comes to you know overused tendons, particularly in the pelvis area. So I've been. Uh, doing a lot of that and then just doing a little rehab exercises uh called dathan jason is jumping in to help me with some of the exercises we're kind of progressing which is awesome um but yeah <laughs> excuse me um yeah i'm, I'm sick of it i'm honestly so sick of it i called dathan i was like when can i start running again he said well you're not you're not there yet oliver you can't rush these things and i'm like oh god can we just where, where are we at right now? And he's like, well, if you think about it, six weeks, you had your PRP injection, then you'll be, you'll be back on the boost. You got to do the elliptical, maybe maybe do 16 hours an elliptical a day. And I was like, okay, well, I, I don't want to do that. Can we start off with 20 minutes? And and he's like, yeah, 20 minutes is good. Just just check the area, see if it's good. Um, And then I told him how many times I've been swimming. He's like, good God, man, don't put on too much mass. So it's the swimming I might have to transition to cycling or, or elliptical but um we'll figure it out uh from there and have you in ever general used it's been it's, no uh well i have but i've i've not used it properly i've like put one foot on the elliptical like one of the presses and then just like move the thing really fast and go up and down like this on one side of it 
just to make fun of the rest of us that that have to use it nicely. I used to make fun of everyone and and karma, karma has come around and said, Ollie, this is your time to redeem yourself. So I've got to use elliptical today. Um, but I'll still swim because I'm enjoying my swimming. I'm swimming with my mom and the squad at uh, Caring Bar Pool, which has been unreal, except I look like an absolute knob because the only swim trunks I have are the Olympic ones. So all these young kids turn up for squad and see this skinny guy that obviously isn't a like an Olympic swimmer wearing Olympic togs, just thinking, who the bloody hell is this guy? <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the progression's been surprisingly good. My exercises have been a lot better. It's just I think the mental part of it's been tough because I'm not saying that I've winged it up to this point, gentlemen, but most of my running and stuff, I just go out there and run and I don't think. I mean, you guys know i got a big brain. I use it a lot, but I don't think. And with, with these exercises, I'm thinking a lot more. And it's it's definitely changed my perspective on just making sure that you can stay consistent mentally as well as physically. And that's a good journey that I'm having at the moment because um, it's it's been it's been hard it actually has been hard and like obviously it's a, not a great timing but um it's i think my abductors have felt a lot stronger and the exercises have been going well so it's nice to see some progress because like i think last week it was kind of seemed like it wasn't changing much but this week i felt like a lot, good progression and glenn the physio uh in the area has been great i've been seeing him three times a week getting dry needling and soft tissue work so um which has been great so he also said my hamstrings are tight as fuck which is uh good to know good to i know. think uh it's it's good to see someone else get the old post broken pelvis um, needles in the in the high doctor it's uh it's a very uncomfortable feeling but honestly it makes like the biggest difference so it sounds like you're doing all the right things and i'm happy to see that you are having some progress this week because yeah that's probably like the hardest thing is it's just, it does just suck. Like when you say that, it is true because you want to be out running and when you run, you feel good and, you know, you can crush workouts and you can see some form of progression. When you're coming back from injury and you're not even able to run and all you can do is just like basic fitness cross training, it is very hard to see much like progression or that forwards movement that you want. So it's good that you're getting that in the exercises because that's probably the most important place to get it. So. It's good to hear that uh, that you're you're having that. Unfortunate that Crispy is is out there with you for uh, for his injury as well. But it's good to see that you guys can go through it together. I think I'm sure that that helps raise your spirits a lot. He's been doing rehab as well, but he says his rehab is quote unquote fucking useless. He said the best thing I can do with my rehab is play video games and drink beer. So his rehab is looking a little his, different. Probably good for thumb dexterity. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's his left hand too, gentlemen. It's his left hand. So, man, oh, man. He's left-handed. Is he left-handed? Is he? Yeah, oh, like me. That's bad. He's, him and I are left-handed. So not great for him. But um, he's been able to swim and he's been really enjoying that. And, uh, yeah, it's been nice. Like, that's the thing. If he did this injury and I wasn't here, he'd be bored shitless. And I'm here so we can actually spend one-on-one time together because he'd be at work and I'd be doing rehab and stuff. So, it's been really nice catching up with him. So. That's been a good positive from it. And we're both injured. We're injured whores. So, injured whores. <laughs> I love to hear that. Both, both in the workforce, ah. actually. We both got injured in the workforce. Injured whores from the workforce. It's, it's a tough business um, out there. We're looking for a group, a PR group here to talk to. <laughs> Can't find one. <laughs> I'm sure your mom is just loving having you guys walking around the house saying that. <laughs> yeah, injured whores. Oh, yeah. She loves it. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's, well. that's my end. That's how it goes. George, what about you? That was, that was lovely, Ollie. Um, yeah, <laughs> in Boulder. In Boulder, just um, feels like back into the old swing of things, which I don't know if I love that when there's only two weeks left in the season and it sometimes feels like a bit of a battle to get to, get to September. Um, been a little bit lonely because I'm the only male gentleman on the OEC in town at the moment. I believe Yared will be the next one to return post um, Zurich W. He just took moments ago. And so a couple workouts this week on my own, had a fart lick a few days after getting back and felt pretty rubbish, not going to (laughs) lie. Just 
big travel, couple of big races in Europe, and then coming back, and I've just been pretty tired, eh? Um, just running was tough for the first few days, and I was probably at sea level for like 10 days. I don't know if that means anything, but I feel like I was breathing heavier than normal, like the first two or three days up here. So I did a fart leg um, out on the dirt roads. Just I think Ritz wanted the first one to be off the track to get back into it, and um, yeah, didn't feel super good. And then had a couple easy days, and then got back on the track for the first time yesterday. Um, and again, didn't feel still. Still, I feel like got a little way to go to to being back and fully recovered and feeling good, but. Um, Ran a 158, 800 in there and then did some hills. So things were things were feeling better towards the end. Um, and nice to be nice to be back at Niwot and just back in the old haunts, really. Um, not much else to report. Maybe you got a little race um, update, but I might wait till next week to give that because it's not mm-hmm. this week. Keep, mm-hmm. keep that quiet for now. But a couple more, Keep people ideally, on their toes. more races. Two more races is the general plan before calling it calling it quits for the year. But body's body's healthy, feeling good coming off uh, off the race. I actually felt better after the final than the first round. Like the next day, I was seeing Jason, and he had like nothing to do. It was I don't know I don't know why. I was like it almost come off it like I was tired, obviously just like movement wise and ankles and hips and everything we're feeling like surprisingly very good the day after then i went and got on yeah maybe it's the best healer after very little sleep too so yeah dude this sport is weird like that sometimes huh it doesn't make sense like i i might have had the same thought like that you had a few days ago when i got here and it was my first time doing a workout on grass and like different surfaces and I literally thought my Achilles were both about to snap. Like, it was, like, the worst experience of my life. I came to realize, like, I was thinking, I'm just, like, I'll just run on the track for every workout for, like, I don't know how long now, but it's far too long. Achilles felt, like, terrible. They're going to snap. And then the next day, my Achilles felt great. So what do I know? You can never I think really there is uh, something, predict these things. You get, you get super used to the track, I think. Like, doing that far, like, on the dirt roads for the first time in so long. I feel like you do just feel like kind of zapped for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. See, I was wondering if that's a good thing or if we should try implement a little bit more, maybe like once every two weeks, or I don't even know how you would do it at this point in the year when you're racing and stuff, but I don't know. I would like to kind of keep that other stuff going a little bit. Just, I think it makes my body feel overall stronger, like track, track strength. You get very like unilaterally, like good at just doing that, but pretty much pretty bad at everything else. So I don't know. I would like to do more of that other stuff, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit jealous that you're back home, just like in the, like your nice routine and stuff, but it is weird that you're the only one back there right now, this season, at this point in the season with the team, it's like complete chaos. Like I don't even know, like everyone is off doing their own, journeys right now i look on my phone i see josette's in china like like what are you doing there like you just never know what's going to happen um but i, I would I say it's a nice thing i would have loved for there to be a steeple in zurich not gonna lie haven't yet had the chance to run in zurich and it just looks so epic and there was a woman's steeple um today and it just would have been would i'd love to get in there at some point maybe next year Maybe there'll be a steeple there, but yeah, yeah, everyone's. I'm sure it'll happen eventually. Well, whenever it's the Diamond League final again, you'll be back for that, I'm sure. So it'll come, but I might, yeah, maybe we'll do the Morgan update, but I'll do an extended one where I'll do an update going back a week or so. I don't even know when I raced. I guess it was a week ago. And I mean, I don't know, I guess. I'd already raced by the time you guys filmed last week, but you guys probably didn't talk about it too much, I imagine. Just probably mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we just said that you'd go over it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> George and I were in the same hotel at Budapest, which honestly was the best hotel I've ever stayed in for a race. 
Like it was so nice. We were on this little island where the running was great, the food was great. And I was in Budapest for quite a long time leading into the race, which I thought actually worked out really well in terms of getting used to the conditions and stuff because it was pretty hot there in the end for all the races. Like when I raced, it was it wasn't hot, hot, but it was still warm. But honestly, by the time I got to the start line, like the prep, like the last week or so prep was, it was perfect because I felt so good. And I said this in a couple of interviews after the race. So some people may have seen this already, but once I arrived in Budapest, I got pretty like in the zone type thing, which I think, I mean, you got to do, like everyone's going to do it. And what I mean by that is, before that, I would say I was still in a headspace, which was more kind of that, like, you know, zoomed out, like I'm just in a growth phase coming back from injury type headspace. And so I was just like more casual with everything. But then when I got to that sideline, I was really like, all right, top eight. Like I need to come top eight to make the finals. Like that's my goal. And I really think I could do it. Like, like I 100% thought I could do it as I started that race and as I was racing it. And I continued to think that until probably about, was it four laps to go or three laps to go when everyone else started speeding up? And I was like, ah, oh, yeah, <laughs> all right. It's been fun, but these guys are really fucking good at running and I'm just I'm just not quite there right now. And so, um, and if you, yeah, that's kind of what it, if you watched it, I think you could see, like I tried my best. And so I was happy with that, but I really got my butt kicked in the end. I think I came like 16th in my heat and it just is what it is i mean i was a bit disappointed that i like got beaten by that much so easily for those guys but looking back on it my take is kind of just i don't know i feel like i'm trying to think about it as simple as possible with the 5k where it's just these guys are 1250 guys or in that type of shape and i was maybe in 13 15 shape like like at best probably so it's not a surprise that they're going to be able to really beat you pretty bad like they did. And even watching the final, that's what really was reinforced to me about the 5K. And ultimately, I think this is true of every event. But in the 5K, you just got to be so good at running. Like there's nothing else you can really do about it. Um, I think, I mean, there are a lot of tactics and stuff, but at the end of the day, like, those guys are just on such a high level and it's going to be so hard to compete with them if you're not, you know, similarly, like in a similar shape when you got Jakob and Mokotir, who are probably both sub-1250 guys. And then uh, I believe it was, it was Jacob Krop third, Louis fourth, and Ethiopians coming in. Like they're just all so good. And so if you want to be competitive with them, um, you just got to be in that level and on that level and – yeah, I guess the 5K happened after last week's app came out, so it hasn't been talked about, but got to give a shout-out to Jakob for coming back and getting it done. Uh, it was very impressive the way he raced it. He still like seemed pretty casual about it and just was able to get Mokitir in the last 50 metres, which is just crazy. Um, big race for Louis, I thought. I thought on the last lap that everyone was kind of, they came around him and got kind of swamped by a lot of people, but he rallied hard and got fourth and he looked amazing in the heats and the final. So I guess I'm not surprised he did so well, but um, he really looks like he could medal. I think we all kind of thought that he had a medal shot going into it, but he was right there. So I think he'll still be like, he said he was disappointed in his Instagram post, I think, which makes sense, but still a great performance. But we were just talking about before the, we started recording is, how the hell the Ethiopians don't get on that medal podium in the 5K when they're just so good at running the 5K. And then because today at Zurich, Yomif ran another 1240 high tight race where he just decided to start running 60s and just destroyed everyone. And I'm not going to say it was easy, but it doesn't look that hard. So. Doesn't look that hard. <laughs> I don't yeah. know why they don't try to do that at Worlds. I got He's I got a couple of too. The 5K. My yeah. my takeaways from the five K. I think <clears throat> I think you're right in terms of yeah, I think the other events are also very hard, but I think there's a big part of the fifteen hundred where yeah, okay, you have to be in probably three twenty nine shape to middle, but positioning I think is a way bigger deal in fifteen hundred, even just like 
feeling fresh, like you can be way more recovered and, and kind of get through one round at least. And, and I think that's just not possible in the 5k. Like you can't just like get away with 12 and a half laps by having good positioning. <laughs> it's not going to do anything. Like there is, it's the, like the event where you will be exposed the most if you're not as fit as the guys at the front. Like there's just no hiding out there. And I think you can, you can kind of hide in a 1500 pack because a lot of people can run three laps at that. And then maybe, you know, they'll be out the back at the end, but in the, in the 5k that happens, that happens early. And then it is hard for a mile or more as opposed to hard for like a lap or 300 meters. Mm -hmm. Like it is hard for a long time. And those guys, I think I was looking at some splits after, I think to make the final in your race, I think you, I think they closed in 358 for 1600 like is just absolutely no joke and yeah the both the guys that came ninth were 1250 guys and they were both like sub 13 guys and they both missed out and you know it's just i think it's the most cutthroat to make the final i would say of any event honestly that's my that's my opinion and then yeah once you once you get to the final and they are just again absolutely ripping by the end and I, I i actually would give credit to moketeer in the last hundred for for holding his line he could easily have raced that like uh safan san tried to do in the 10k or <laughs> <laughs> just calling yep. or like uh what's her name good if oh wait no who won the 10k last year did to helen in the last good day, hundred meters, isn't it? Good day. Yeah, good day. Or I'm gonna throw some shade just here, like Paul Chalimo. <laughs> and that's know, not shade him. that's warranted. <laughs> and run and he could that. he could have run Jakob into lane three or four. But but he, he didn't. He tried to get it done just by holding him off with just running. And I feel like you gotta respect that. Obviously, he didn't hold him off. Yeah, credit to Jingy for getting it done. But um, no, that's I my agree with that. And I think hundred. I think Mo was. You could tell when Mo Katia finished, even though he got second, he was really happy because I think he knows that he did like his best race. Like I think he knows that he he did it it all right, and he went for it, and just got dipped by Jakob. And Jakob is a very good runner, and so it's like. It makes sense. Um, it's amazing what Jakob can do when he's behind someone, isn't it? It's amazing. He can win it. Yeah. Food for thought. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Jakob, I think we have to uh, address. I don't, I don't know. This a jingy update. This isn't. We've got a jingy update. We just need a. <laughs> it's not like a. This isn't an apology from the episode. It's just a slight mention. It's a mention that. He did. We had a lot of people comment about this. So a lot of people did comment after last week's app. Um, they weren't that happy about some jingy bashing or comments made. So he, he did <laughs> say to the Norwegian press that he was beaten by the better man on the day. So he did say that. And I guess you got to give him credit for that. But I don't know. The, the whole it, have you guys seen how now all the media is jumping on it like Citrus Mag everyone is like they're blowing up this rivalry between Jakob and Jingy and Josh wait do we have a nickname for Josh Kerr? Josh Curry I feel like we had a new one really Rogan Josh Rogan Rogan Josh Rogan Josh was one of them We I um, feel like we got a new one recently <laughs> I can't remember what it was that one's good oh, though uh, yeah so and it's so interesting to see it because it's literally like, I think in many, like when you think about it, it seems so like good for the sport. Like it is like in a real rivalry, but, and there's like real people on each side, really like, you know, people are like, wow, that's so disrespectful what Jakob is saying. And then on the other side, people are saying, well, yes, it's disrespectful, but like, that's what makes him a champion. He really believes it is disrespectful to say, and I think common courtesy, you wouldn't necessarily say all the things, but he just, he really just believes that if he's running his best, no one can beat him. And so 
when it plays out as it did at Worlds, when he gets sick and then he gets beaten, he's going to say, well, I only got beaten because I was sick. And so, I mean, I think we'll have some slightly different opinions on this. Bro, I don't think whatever, it's like... <laughs> whatever, whatever medication he's oh, yeah. taken to heed that sickness for before the 5K, can you make it more available, please? Because fuck me. Like... I love I love that people still think that he wasn't a hundred percent. I mean, it could have been a hundred percent, not mentally. Mentally, he might not be a hundred percent, but physically, that motherfucker was a hundred percent. I will go to my grave with that because if you're if you're running against know. if you're running in that five k against the best, well, then you're you're disgracing the, the rest of those five k runners. Those guys are fucking good, and they got beaten by Jakob, and that race was a hard race to win, and he fucking won it. So I I don't think. You, when you say you're not 100, it could be so many other factors. Last year he yeah. won the 5K a lot more easily than I wanted this year. <sighs> yeah, but again, like I, I still don't think a, being 100, percent I think could be more of a mental factor or something else that's not physical. I, I just don't think you cannot, you can't. If he's not 100 percent to win a 1500 meter title the way he talks about it, then he shouldn't have won the 5K, in my opinion. Like. That's just the way I look at it, personally. I guess we, we don't know. Maybe he has a, a certificate from his doctor saying Jakob was sick today and he handed it to the, uh, to the, to the guy that shoots the gun. But I, I don't know. I, I mean, it's just to me, to me that annoys me. Because, to, him? to me that annoys me because like, if he went to run the 5K and he meddled, then I would have more of a suspicion of like, okay, this guy's probably the best 5K runner in the world, near it. There's a lot of other guys that are close to him and he didn't win maybe he isn't 100 percent. maybe there is some sickness going on but if you're showboating in the semi-final you're waving to the crowd going from last to first in the last lap of the semi-final to qualify for the final you don't win the final after you're showboating and then you win the 5k i'm sorry you're probably 100 percent physically maybe not 100 percent mentally maybe something else is going on in his life that is bugging him or there, there's some other factor there that's not physical that is why he's saying he's 100 percent. but i don't think physically I think Josh Kerr beat him physically at his best. And I think same with Whiteman. He just didn't race it the way he should have. Yeah. That's, I that's, have... that's, Ollie, that's an Ollie Hall rant. I just, I get annoyed oh. with that because I, I do think there could be something going on, but I don't think, I, I don't think you can just always play, oh yeah, he was sick. I don't know. I, I don't believe that. I believe maybe mentally he had something going on because I mean, the, the amount of pressure that's on that guy, I'm sure it can get to you. The best, even the best have to deal with that shit and the, the pressure on him was indescribable i imagine so it was quite immense i don't know i have i have a few things i think i'm maybe a little bit biased because i do like love the character of Jakob. like if you don't think of him as like a person you think of him as like just the character i, I just find him so funny like did you see the way he started the heats of the 5k it's just like that stuff cracks me up so what did he do? Hard. I didn't I see know. it. He just—he is good for the sport, just, man. He just stood there for like he didn't—he didn't lean down at all, and he stood there for a second after the gun, and then just started like jogging up to them. It was just so funny, and then, <laughs> <laughs> and so he is very like brash and he's very over the top with that stuff. But as an athlete, I enjoy watching it. Maybe I wouldn't want to be. His training partner and his competitor, that would definitely annoy me. That definitely would annoy me a lot if someone was being disrespectful like that. So 100%, I get that. Uh, the other thing that I think is, you guys might have mentioned this last week, I'm not sure. I think if you look at his running style, he's just like talking about championship racing. He's just built to win a championship 5K almost more than he is to win a championship 1500. And that's very easy to say because he did just win the last He two. mentioned that. And he's like his tools in the five k make him almost impossible to beat. Whereas the fifteen hundred, I think there's always going to be more chance. But I it's think the fifteen hundred is just so hard. Yeah, yeah, it's more of a dice roll. I, I mean, like look at like if you look back at consistency in five k, ten k, like Chapter guy won the ten k right three time ten k champ. Jakob's two time fifty five k champ. Fifteen hundred been a different winner the past few years. Different winner. I think it's more of a roll of the mm -hmm. dice. And Jakob does, to his credit, like I love Jakob too. I, I don't want to sound like I've lost my love for Jingi. I do love him. 
Um, but I think it's important to to call it out how I feel it, you know, when I see that sort of stuff. Um, but when he did his interview about afterwards with the 5K, I thought it was really um, kind of cemented in to us about what event he loves more because he talked about how he is a 5K runner pretty much. Like he's built to win championship 5Ks. He knows that he's training is a, I think he said it's like a side effect. I think that's the word the English he used. A side effect um, is the, that he's really got the 5K. But he's 1,500. That's his love. That's his passion. That's his muse, you know. Um, and he really wants to be more competitive. Well, he's not more competitive. He is the best in the in the 1,500. He's just not a world champion at the moment. And I think he's, he's going to be chasing that. And obviously, with Paris coming up, he wants to defend his Olympic gold. So the 1,500 is his love, but... The training and the type of athlete I think he is, the 5K is like his best event. So, um, yeah. So maybe now I'm now I'm now I'm thinking about what I just said about him being sick and winning the 5K. Because <laughs> maybe what, he's what the I'd best say, in the world. What I'd say between our 99 episodes, I feel like <laughs> I don't know how many have mentioned Jingy, but it's probably more than the number of mentions of Mike Smith. And I think we give him like a huge amount of respect and we all obviously agree that he's good for the sport and that's always our opinion. And I think, you know, we have a huge amount of respect for him in that way. But also, I've freaking loved seeing him lose that race. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I love seeing the underdog win. And I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think a lot of people, a lot of people would would be rooting for someone to take down the favorite. I feel like if I'm watching like most sports and unless it's like my own team or like someone I have like I'm very connected to, like I want to see the favorite lose. And obviously I want to see Jakub lose 1500 because Jared and Mario are in it. So why would mm. I want Jakub to win this race? That makes no sense at all. But that doesn't mean I don't mm. think he's good for the sport or that we don't have a lot of respect for him. I think those are just two different things. So it's very fair. That's a that's a very fair no, point to make. That's, that's a great that's a great point. I mean, and also if you think about it, guys, who out of anybody in that field, who do you think would be the most annoying person to beat Jakob in that race? It was Josh Kerr. It was Josh Kerr, bro. <laughs> the most annoying person of him. If he could line up a list of those people and he's like, You're not gonna win this race, one of these guys <laughs> is gonna win this race and you're gonna get second. The guy who'd pick the least is Josh Kerr, bro. I'm I'm telling you that right now. And that's the that's the best bit about it. <laughs> Kerr got him. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's yeah, good. It's good I, for the sport, I think, man. It's so good I think for it 15. is. I think it is. But the Netflix documentary is going to be on Noah Lyles, and that's probably going to be exciting. But mate, they missed a great year of middle distance running. They missed a, a classic year yeah, of middle did. distance running, which is the shitty thing. Uh, well, is if you think about it, is that's going to be in the background. Like, there's no coverage of that, and yeah. like Josh Kerr's journey of like just winning that race, and then. I mean, Jakob's journey of dominating, like that shit's such good TV, particularly with the interviews and shit. Fuck, it would be unreal. Man, oh man. Anyway. I will say, I'm not going to go into any of whether he was sick or whatever, but I just don't think Jakob will go down. <laughs> What's your opinion? I, I don't think What's your opinion, he George? will not go down with someone. Just tell us if he was sick or not, George. <laughs> yeah, I actually know like the inside scoop, but I'm not going to say it. Um, he won't, he won't go respect. down as someone who was gracious in defeat. Like, that's not how he's going to be described. I also don't think yeah. he's very gracious in victory either, if you watch his fight. <laughs> in those just aren't the things he's going to be described as. But yeah. those are going to be described like, as the best. Yeah, exactly. He's going to be described as the tattooed man. That was the best. Mike Tyson. He's gonna, Mike and that's Tyson. what he cares about. He's, he's the Michael Smith of running. <laughs> he's the Michael Smith of running. Like, not coaching, running. He's a Michael Smith running. He's that good. Okay. Speaking of Mike Smith, what I want to know. All right. Between Luis, Louis G, coming forth two years in a row, Abdi Hamid, who I'm sure he's actually disappointed in his 5K performance, looked great in the heats and I think finished 12th 12th in the 5K final. Um, And the Psycho Strava aerobic beast, Drew Bosley, and myself, how the hell did the four of us lose NCAAs <laughs> to BYU? Come well, on. You, oh, yeah, true. Yeah, I thought you, 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 you won an NCAA together. title. No, yeah. as a team. Yeah, I know. Well, I think, I think Michael just, I think he needed to, 
like there's lessons when you become a coach and the biggest lesson is to show failure. You can't you can't have winners without failures, George. And I think Michael was like, this is the year they need to lose. I'm sorry, I'm sabotaging their training. They, they, they can't win. And that's what makes him such an amazing coach. He's one of the best coaches because he sabotages your training so you learn that <laughs> lesson and then you come out and get fifth at Worlds in the steeplechase. Like Mike Smith, he can hang that up on his wall. The only year we lost has the best performers on the track at Worlds. <laughs> yeah, well, it well, was cross country. Tells you something right there. I know. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> it was cross country, that, bro. That's the answer, right there. That's the answer. That's the answer. Yeah, I mean, me that's and Morgan, question. we never got, we never got that dub. We tried so hard, and then uh, we fell apart, and then Morgan ran away and won the, won the title. Well, that's why we kept losing because we had important lessons to learn still. Exactly. We yeah, we ready. still lost. We weren't, <laughs> we, still we, lost. Weren't, we weren't ready to win those titles yet, and I'm sure eventually it'll pay off in, in a big way. Mick, don't yeah, worry, yeah. Mick had that all planned out as well. Mick had it all planned out. He's like, mate, you're going to have a semi-successful podcast out of this. Just trust me. Just follow the journey. Just keep following the journey. <laughs> and, and, it, and it'll all be worth it. Um, and it'll all be worth it. Thank you, George, for bringing up Mike Smith. I don't think he's been getting enough podcast yeah. airtime I've, recently i've been dreaming about him recently but i haven't really spoken to him in the podcast Oh, so. sorry. <laughs> that was kate hall um teacher at dane bank shout out she just walked into my mother room of, mother of two whores yeah whore, i told her yesterday told her yesterday i was doing a podcast and uh, i couldn't be disturbed and uh here we are um <laughs> yeah I, I dreamed about I dreamed about Mike Smith the other day, actually. You know what? Do you want to hear my dream, George? I know you want to hear it. Yeah, of course I want to hear it. <clears throat> yeah, I heard that I heard that Mike moved the team to Boulder, Colorado. I had a dream, and we had to share the track with him, and Dathan was fucking pissed. <laughs> it was so good. We were all mates with everyone, high-fiving them, hugging Luis. Hey, what's up, guys? And then Dathan's just in his Normatec chair, and he had his wrist was broken again. He just goes, I don't like it. <laughs> He's like, you got you to gotta, you gotta donate to, to the school. Like, yes, we kept saying. And then we were just like, can we, can we start the workout? And then he wouldn't tell us the workout. He kept saying, he's got to donate. He can't use the track. He's got to donate to the school. And I'm, I'm, we're like, and then Joe's like, are we going to work out or not? And uh, that was a dream. So it was pretty good. Uh, that's an amazing dream. My favorite thing about that is how vividly, <laughs> how vividly I can picture Dathan sitting in the normal chair with a broken wrist. With a broken I wrist. Was, <laughs> it was so weird that it was think- a, yeah. I don't even think I was on the team at that point, and I can still just imagine it. I can just see it so well. Yeah. No, there's a good picture of him during that time. How did he break his wrist, though? I can't remember. It was a stress fraction? I think he did it. Didn't he do it uh, around the house? He was, like, renovating his house or something, and he fucking (laughs) fractured his wrist. He did a Chris Hoare. He did a work comp injury. Uh, the work that's Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, moving on from all that beautiful jingy, jingy talk. Um, jingy Mark Smith talk. I, I want to close out my world's experience talk by saying that it was amazing for me to reconnect with my roots there. For those who don't know, my grandfather was born in Budapest, or as I should call it, Budapest. Morning, boys. Hey, Kate. <laughs> And uh, I no, got to go here. to the, th- <laughs> the thermal baths before I left, which was the one thing that I really wanted to do because anyone who knows me knows that I'm very attracted to hot, warm bodies of water and definitely lived up to the hype. I think it's one of those things that you either love it or you don't because there's definitely a lot of turnoffs with it. Like it smells pretty bad. There's a lot of people there and all that. But I just was, I was in heaven. So. I just wanted to put that out to the world and say thank you, Budapest, for being such a lovely city. I really felt at home there. And that was my world's experience. That's about it. I have a quick question because I wasn't there. Just to summarize worlds from my perspective, George, Morgan, did you guys see a lot of people walking around that looked like Morgan? (laughs) Did you see anybody that looked like Morgan in in Hungary? No. I saw I was always hoping if I got there, I could... (laughs) I was always hoping if I got there, I could see different versions of Morgan, like there's different people, like one, a Morgan with red hair, a Morgan that was really short, or a Morgan that was really tall, um, but they all looked like Morgan, you know? That's what I thought Hungary was yeah. like. No, that's that's kind of what I expected as well, to be honest. And I was very disappointed when that wasn't the case. I would say my mom, there's a lot of people that kind of looked a bit like my mom, 
And then there okay. were a lot of people that looked like, like my grandfather. So okay. I guess that's how it works when you, when you mix between, um, ethnicities and you procreate, I suppose Perfect. that's how, that, that's how it goes. So yeah, that answers that question. Uh, anything else from worlds, I guess we should just say, oh yeah, the women's 800 was pretty crazy. Shout out to Efema for putting it all on the line and going for it. Made a very sick race. I think Mary Moore is just too damn good. I don't know how she was going to lose that race. Like just watching how it played out. I think, you know, Keely had a, had a pretty good shot as well, but man, they just, they went out so quick and then Mary just had the strength at the end. So I think, I think we'll be pretty disappointed, but I think it's still, she did pretty great. I don't know. I mean, what did you guys think about having it? her, having her compete in race is good for the sport. Like her being absent from all those races and then seeing her compete and run for um, a world championship, and then and then not not get it. It's still amazing for the sport because you, you, her interviews afterwards were great. She interviews really well. Um, I just yeah, I'm just a bit selfish. I just want to see her race more. I, I I'd love to see her hit her. I don't think she's anywhere near her potential. I think competitive wise, she could be a Jakob. She could go out and win a lot of the 800s on the Diamond League circuit if she wanted to. But maybe that's just not the type of um, athlete she is but yeah I thought that that was one of my favorite races to watch because I, I didn't watch a lot of world champs I only watched you guys race and that's pretty much it um, and the 1500 was hard to watch but the 800 was one of my favorite races to watch because it's just like Keely is a killer like really competitive and Moira was Commonwealth Games champ she won that Commonwealth Games title like crazy um, split because I think they went out like I can't remember but George and I watched it I, it was crazy race but um, there's a lot of big figureheads in the women's 800 and I think it's one of those events right now that's like a blue ribbon event just really good to watch high talent and if I think can compete more if she wants to that'd be sick to watch and even if she wins or loses I think she's a great ambassador for the US and for the sport so it's cool to watch Do we think Frida's coming back next year to to take the crown from Noah? Okay, should we talk about the Noah NBA, NBA comments? Because that's been all over my social media. Yeah, that's I, good I have I a few things so to say about it. I I would love, because I'm sure pe- people agree and disagree with the whole thing, but I think they're missing the point, right? Like, if you think about, okay, first things first, if I was Noah, I would not use the NBA. I would use the NFL. That's the first thing I would do because the NFL call themselves world champions and most of that roster is Americans. There's very rarely an international in those rosters. So I would use that. Uh, NBA, you know, I can see them getting their panties in a twist about it. Um, but personally, he, I think he's trying to say the NBA is a national basketball association. They have international players, but they're a national basketball association. They don't compete for a world title. They compete for an NBA championship. So I think that's what he's trying to describe is that he's not, they're not competing against other countries like the World Cup that's going on right now for basketball. But I think the way his message went out they just didn't. It just didn't go out as well as because you got you got the MVP who's Jokic, who's Serbian. You have a lot of international players, a lot of Australian players um, in the NBA. Like, just didn't. He didn't land the. He just his footing didn't land. Didn't land. The execution wasn't great. I don't know what you guys thought, but I just think it it just didn't didn't uh, do well, and he's getting roasted for it. I appreciate him standing up for track and field like that. <laughs> I do too, but I think yeah. he should have. He just. He's getting. I mean, even Drake. Drake commented on it and gave him shit. Like Wait, everyone's roasting him for it. Yeah, dude. All the NBA players commented him saying, like, I think Kevin Durant said, "Someone help this brother." I'm like, dude. He's trying to be an advocate for the sport, saying how difficult it is to win a world championship. And then there's all these people's like, um, these commentators for basketball saying that like, oh, half the NBA people could probably run as fast as Noah Lyles. It's just again <laughs> belittling like what Noah's achievement, like. They're like, oh, this guy, he ran 21 seconds in high school. Like, he could definitely drop two or three seconds. He'd be faster than Noah Lyle. It's like, that's bullshit, mate. Like, there's just, that's the, the awareness that they have for track and field. They don't understand how difficult and hard it is to do what Noah did because he was a double gold medalist, 100 and 200. That's yeah. insane. Like, really hard to do. It's, it's just, it's a it's bit like, sad. It's, it is kind of sad how it plays out like that just because, you know, the NBA is so much bigger than anything track and field. Like anyone except for Usain Bolt, you know, like maybe Shikari, Shikari is big, but she's still nothing like 
NBA big. So it's never what really going to work when you... Who? The, the Indian javelin thrower. He's got the most Instagram followers. Uh, He's pretty big. He is massive. Very I'm sure he has a select a... audience. Yeah, select audience, but he's massive. <laughs> no, he's actually sick. I do love him. Uh, but yeah. it's just, you're just not going to win that when like all these NBA guys no. have to sit they, Like they don't even have to make a point because the reality is, yeah, I'm 100% on no wild side. And it's so obvious that it is yeah. so weird that these American sports call it the world championships when it's just not the world. Like they call their winners the world champions when they're just not the world champions. But yeah, all the basketball players have to do is just like, insult you and like they've already won because they just have like a million fans that are just gonna like love them and say like yeah you're stupid bro what are you thinking so yeah that's just, i still that's think just he should have used nfl he should have used nfl as an example <laughs> I, the nba one just, landed. yeah that that one just went down yeah because they they just did they're not gonna understand they're not they're too narrow-minded in my opinion but it, it didn't it, I, it's all of my social media noah's been just getting a lot of attention and, and hopefully that helps people actually look into it and go, well, how hard is it for Noah Lyles? Like how hard is it for that guy to win these medals? It's pretty fucking hard. So, well, yeah, I'm going to find out when they watch the Netflix documentary, I guess. So yeah. maybe it'll help out in the long run, getting that exposure leading into that. It might be pretty good for him, but yeah, no, it could be a good, so good catalyst for it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's it for a while. It's in the, in the episode notes, I wrote down, Getting out of the airport crazy. That sounds like the most boring thing to talk about. I don't know why I wrote that down. Don't like crazy about how, busy, how busy the <laughs> airport was. Actually, I was in line next to Paula Radcliffe. She was flying to her residence in Monaco, which sounds nice. Uh, I was not. But I think Wait, when, when are we getting a residence think... in Monaco? <laughs> When's Coffee Club going to have that residence in Monaco? <laughs> Actually, we probably should, you know, just avoid the, all yeah. those taxes. I, I don't know if that's how yeah. it works, but uh, we can look into that. Um, I think that's kind of it. I think today will be a slightly shorter one because Morgan's going to go to bed soon. Got a big workout in the morning. I think we'll just shout out the Zurich Diamond League, which, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it more. But very quick turnaround from Worlds, which you saw a lot of the performances reflected that. Um, Yared was able to come out on top and get the dub in the 1500 which was it was just a lot of weird races that's how I would like summarize the meet a lot of weird races Yared won in what was a Josh Kerr UK 1500 meter record attempt but the pacing just wasn't quite on for him and then he ended up having to lead quite a bit and do a lot of work and I think um, so the guys were kind of you know chasing him down at the end and it was just like a very weird race at a false start they had protesters on the field. Mokatif didn't start on time. He was pointing at something off camera. Um, Mario had a kind of a tough race. Sage and Jonas also had tough races. I think it was just way too close to Worlds. The 5K was one of the weirdest 5Ks I've ever seen. It seemed like it was good weather. So I'm going to put an asterisk on that. I don't know for sure what the conditions were like, but it seemed actually pretty good 5K weather. But Seven people DNF'd in it. So only nine people finished in the end. Um, and Yomuf just absolutely toasted the field. But probably the biggest storyline was the return of Grant Fisher. He did mm. fucking amazing. He ran, he, he came third and ran, I don't know off the top of my head, but it must have been under 13. 54. 50 something. Yeah, 54. Dude, what? That's like the best recovery ever from a from a stress reaction in your femur that I've ever those, seen. Those Bowman guys know how to recover from injuries, man. I'm telling you that right now. I might have to call Jerry. He'll have no comment, but I'd love to know how they're getting back so quickly because I would like to get back quickly as well, but I'm not going to get back, back, back quickly. How's your burrito intake been, Ollie? Pretty low. Burritos aren't very popular here in Australia, mostly just chicken schnitzels and three beers. It's my most afternoons. Yeah. <laughs> It's been pretty good though. I, I was watching um I was watching the World Basketball World Cup basketball on this big TV and this massive, massive bloke on in a in a tradey high vis top, right? His belly's hanging out the bottom. He's got a beer and a cigarette. We're supposed to be not, not supposed to be smoking in there. And he just yells out, Change the fucking TV and then they changed the rugby league. <laughs> and he just you could do sit he sat down, he spread his legs wide and had his beer and his cigarette and he was he was just like, this is unreal. Happy. I'm having a great... He was having... Yeah, I wasn't happy, but he was happy watching the the Broncos and the, the Melbourne Storm. 
not not the Denver Broncos, sorry, the Brisbane Broncos and the Melbourne Storm. And then he got kicked out because he was smoking. So, I mean, yeah, Brito intakes low. But, you know, I can always call Jerry. I have his personal number. Um, don't ask me how I got it. But I'll give him a, give him a call and, and see how he's doing. And if he ever wants to come on the podcast, he's still got no comment. But he, he's, a, he's an avid listener. listener. He takes notes from this and mostly just gives them as, as, as puts it into his training. But he also uses it as good incentives <laughs> for his Bauman athletes to uh, get motivated. So that's what I've heard. So that's good. One, we'll one more zero. I do want to give a shout out to my boy Hamish Kerr in the high jump in Zurich. Huge national New Zealand record, two thirty-three. Second to Bashim after not making the final at Worlds, which he was absolutely gutted about, and and the whole team was gutted for him. So to come back to Zurich and jump a New Zealand record was ridiculous. So nice work. Yeah, um, high jump was sick and watching it was really Hamish crush it was very satisfying after that last week so yeah um is there anything else for us to talk about before i go google gaga i think i think, How's you, Morgan? I think you can go to sleep oh, we've <laughs> ticked everything off how much past do you need it's amazing yeah i didn't even say that i'm in italy right now i probably should have said that i'm at Santa's place right now in italy and so much pasta. I so much pasta. Yeah, I just like every meal. I'm like, I'm like so full at the end, but it's so satisfying. The food here is just so tasty, and training here is actually pretty good. So maybe we'll have to come out here for a training camp or something. We'll stay at Cinta's place and have a good old time. It's it's pretty sweet here. So no complaints at all. I'm loving it, but. Um, I think that's it for today. The only I'll just give a shout out. Actually, we have a few teammates racing in the next week. We have Josette in China racing the 15 in the Diamond League, as we mentioned. Sinter and Sage are racing a good 1500 in Padua on I think the third, like Sunday, I believe. I don't even know what day it is anymore. And Sinter might be racing River Road as well. And then when is Brussels? No, that must be next week, right? Because I think Mario might be racing Brussels. I think it's the eighth. Off the top of my head. Okay, so maybe we'll have another episode before that. But, yeah, still a bunch of cool racing happening. But, yeah, just that time of the season where it's, like, just weird shit happens all the time. So it's a lot of fun. Still very entertaining. Still a lot of amazing results happening. So it's been great. But, boys, it's been an absolute pleasure to be back with you today. Um, made it. We, I, we didn't even say it, but the different times. We should have said. So Ollie recorded this at 5.30 in the morning. George is one thirty in the afternoon. I'm nine thirty at night. How is that? Look at us go. Getting I had it the easiest by far. <laughs> We're professionals. We're professionals. We're Somehow, but yeah, thank you everyone for listening very much. This is episode ninety nine point two. We'll see you all next week.